Hello, I'm Steve Turton. This is my conversations with the Pope. If you're new to the podcast, we're a sports and gambling chat show with a lot of silliness and sound bites in between. If you're a returning listener, God bless you. This week, we've got a deep dive into episode seven and eight of The Last Dance, which I think were probably the best two installments of the Netflix ESPN show so far. We get into some alternative takes about Jordan's borderline personality, the death of his dad, and whether former teammate Steve Kerr is sleeping rough in his office at the moment. Popey updates us on Baby Gronk and Dominator's family quizzes. There's a good batch of MMA chat on the back of UFC 249. And we get into talking about our fantasy commentary duo. Everyone from Sid Waddell to Barry Davis gets thrown forward. And it's a debate we'd like to hear your thoughts on over on our Instagram page, which is at my convos with the Pope. If you'd enjoy the show, hit subscribe from wherever you're getting your podcasts. And if you've got a mate or colleague who's into alternative and sometimes even funny sports coverage, give them a nudge for us, get them involved. Thanks for listening. Hello, Popey. How are we, my mate? I'm all right, lad, you know. I'm not bad, yeah. Sun's out. Guns out. Guns out, is it? Yeah, I'm saying I'm Workouts in the garden and whatnot this morning. Good, good stuff. Done a Jesse Lingard workout this morning. Wonder what you'd make of that. So, while you and your Peggy topless working out in the garden, make sure the seagulls don't get you, lad. <laughs> no. Johnny's give up. He done a couple of workouts and he just he threw the towel in. Said his arm strained or something. He's he's done. Someone like me. What's 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 the Jesse Lingard workouts? Obviously, you know Jesse Lingard is like. It's just a footy. It's just a forty minute footy workout. Apparently, can you keep up with Jesse Lingard? Is how they is how they branded it. I mean, he lacks the personality of saying Mister Motivator. He hasn't really got. <laughs> He's not flying in the charisma. It's, really, really, it's, it's, it's not the biggest ass, really, is it, to keep up with Jesse Lingard? Like, I don't know. I think fitness might be the only thing he's got, really. Talent, skill, all wanting. Yeah, he's, he's, so what are you doing? Are you having to do a few keepy-ups? Like, nah, that? nah, there's no balls. It's all just body work. It's all like jumping lunges and all that shit and press-ups and all that carry-on. Yeah, he's not the most charismatic, but it's not a bad little workout. It's not a bad little workout, to be honest with you. Is this what it comes to, Steve? Yeah, obviously, you've you've, you've, you've bigged up uh, Joe Wicks on the podcast saying he should be knighted. And obviously, you've got stuck into him in that, in that particular market. So now you've you've resorted to watching Jesse Lingard workout routines. Is that, is that, is that what you've become, basically? Variation is, is the spice of life, as I'm sure you okay. know, Popey. And we're not getting much of it mm-hmm. these days, are we? So... You might nope. you might as well change up what knobheads jumping around in front of you in spandex on your laptop, might you? Would you not say? <laughs> I've actually reached out to our mate, Marky Davis, MD Fitness on Instagram. Such yeah, an yeah. such an ambitious task for him. I've said, Can you help me get the Jordan body? I want Michael Jordan's body. It's just ridiculous, isn't it, really? Oh wow, okay. So so what's what body what you thinking there to turn your body from a a Greek a Greek ruin to a Greek god then, yeah? <laughs> 
Exactly that, like, yeah, that's exactly what we're Big looking for. Big Asta. I don't, I don't, all right, he's uh, as good as Mark is. Like, I don't think he's got a magic wand, so uh, maybe too big, big of an ask with the thoughts. Well, let's see. He, pretty straightforward, he said. About four, four to five all-over body exercises a week, workouts, routines a week, like an hour, and just eat well, eat well, a lot of protein. But then the thing is, Jordan, I was reading into Jordan's workouts, he was doing them, he was doing like an hour, hour and a half, small weights, body work, <coughs> and then he was doing two hours basketball training then at the Bulls facility, it's crazy, isn't it? Absolute machine, yeah. But um, I, I wouldn't put too much hope in Mark. I've been asking him how to get rid of me love handles for about three years now and I'm, I'm no near a solution like so. Is that to do with your commitment rather than his advice, would you say? Or, or lack of. Yeah, you're probably right there, to be fair. But you've been having a go, haven't you? Been out jogging, running still? Been out jogging, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me runs are getting longer. As, as much time as I can spend away from home, the better, really, yeah. <laughs> Pretty, uh, pretty test of week, to be honest with you. You're treating the runs like vacations, are you? Just getting out of there? Massively so, yeah. My bird wants to know why I've upped my runs from two times a week to seven times a week. <laughs> what's tough the, at the minute. What's so tough? Dealing, I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. I think it's his teething, but just sort of the routine we built up with him over the last 14 months has been blown to pieces. Basically, he's just waking up through the night and the only way you can control him is giving him a bottle. So I don't know, lad. Yeah, it's it's not good. Broken sleep, obviously. Louis zombie obsession's not helping either. We've still got him coming in to the room a few times a night. Baby Gronk. Uh, yeah, baby Gronk's are no good, really. Yeah, so I don't know what it is with Dylan. It's probably grown his fangs, probably. I think. Yeah, um, even everyone I've spoke to, everyone I've spoke to, I just they can't wait to get rid of the kids, like for a for a couple of weeks when when it's all over. But everyone's going about sorts of people's mental states in lockdown and all. I don't think. Really, anyone's given the kids much thought. Do you think even at that young age they're affected by the lack of change of scenery and stuff like that, or not? No, I'd say just... so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm no expert in that in that field, like with kids, but yeah, lad, it's got to be hard, isn't it? When you're used to nursery and interacting with other kids, and you know you're getting taught by professionals who know how to teach and stimulate kids. It's hard, lad. Pretty sure you're you're, you're a boss mom and dad, you and Lou, but it's a hard way. It's <laughs> What I've seen, like what I've seen, like letting your kid, letting your kid nose dive down the stairs, like yeah. <laughs> the half an hour I've seen at home with the popes. Small sample size, my friend. It gets much worse the longer you spend with me. I can assure you. You like Joe Jackson burning the feet at night, and that. <laughs> Well, Dylan this week, lad, getting up to him and just how loud he is as well, scream. I felt like throwing throw him over the banister a few times. Like, <laughs> If he's anything like his big uh, brother, baby Gronk, he'll just bounce right back and come for you. <laughs> Do you know what, lad? I'm reaching a point. Mate, you might, I might have to be your next case study, I think, on the mind map. I'm just, um, yeah, I don't know, just just really out of sorts. Like it's, uh, it's what sleep deprivation will do to you ultimately, but we're at a point now, me and Lou, where we're just making as much as many plans as possible as, as far in advance as we can for uh, just offloading the kids really. Yeah. Um, grandparents, aunties, sisters, any takers really. So I don't know whether you want to put your uh, your hat into the ring there, Steve. Fancy having the kids for a few hours at some I, point. I mean, I could I could probably probably do it the practice, like to be honest with you. Yeah, if if you if you didn't need, I, I'll get involved. Yeah, it'll be very Adam Sandler and Big Daddy like. 
doing scratching so much? I have eggs eggs. Eggs? I'm a gross. Why do I make it stop itching? I don't know. You scratch it. Hey, SpaghettiOs. You like SpaghettiOs? Yeah? Vented cans at half price. Microsoft went down three points. We got to save some money. Here, give it a shot. That's it, boy. Put it in there. Feels good, huh? I was thinking more like Kenny Powers in his band and down. If I give you our Dylan, I think you'd uh, be walking around with them zipped up in a backpack, wouldn't you? Nothing but a lettuce leaf to nibble on, I think. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, like, unorthodox. Unorthodox is the way to go, I think. I think outside the box, you know. Powers as Powers as kids grew up all right, didn't he, I think. <laughs> His nephew. Does it, it mean some sort of following series that I'm not aware of? <laughs> His nephews, he was bad enough with his nephews, wasn't he? Had them in the garden, catching his pitches, catching his heat. All right, you stoic little bastard. In the computer room, little second drawer where I keep my weed. Underneath the handgun, there's a stack of porn that'll put calluses on those little hands of yours. Thanks, Uncle Kenny. Come here, bring it in. Okay. Big dog, why are you crying, man? It's okay to be upset. But when I leave here, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to hold your head high and be a man, all right? Mm -hmm. I know that deep inside of you, there's a humongous set of testicles just waiting to pop out. Let them pop, bro. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I'll be good on the hunt now. <laughs> Any, anyone who's listening to the podcast who hasn't watched Eastbound and Down, you've got to go away, and it's, it's an absolute must. Like you've got Will Ferrell in there. Is uh, some some eccentric second-hand car salesman, beautiful. Um, and then obviously you got Kenny Powers, who's uh, probably most well-known over here for the uh, for the Coral adverts. Yeah, that was a weird that was a weird acquisition for them, wasn't it? Kenny Powers, they were acquisition for me, brilliant. Yeah, have you noticed? Have you seen the recent strand of betting adverts? The bet responsible. I mean. Anyone who's betting at the moment isn't betting responsibly, Ardy, let's be honest. What's on? Belarusian footy and Korean baseball. Nobody's betting responsible at the moment, lads. Fucking hell. Who are you kidding? You know my, you know my thoughts on it, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly an advocate for irresponsible gambling. Um, there should be more of it, really. <laughs> Do you know what? It was nice. I had a bit of irresponsible gambling myself with, with Johnny. Only because I say I don't play poker, don't I? But I had a little... Had a little go with Johnny before the UFC on Saturday night, which was, it was nice, lad. I enjoyed it. Took me back to the old college days, to be honest with you. I thought it wouldn't take you long to get onto the UFC. Go on. <laughs> I, listen, I'm not shouting from the rooftops. It, it was an 8-11 to 11 that scraped home, lad. I, did you see the fight yourself? Did you catch it? No, of course not. Well, why would I? I wouldn't give you the satisfaction of, of, of doing so, to be honest with you. And you can hardly be dining out on an 8-11 to 11 shot, so let's just... Uh, Let's move on swiftly from your selection last week. And if you want to talk about UFC, that's fine. Just provide me talk about UFC as a whole. And well, no, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind gabbing about the UFC. To be honest with you, I think uh, I think it was a bit of it was a bit of a success, wasn't it? By the sound of things, a lot of watches, good viewing rating. I mean, I think three fighters tested positive for Corona, didn't he? And the, the show went on. There's nothing stopping him, is there, Aldana? <laughs> So what happened? Well, I didn't. I didn't know about that. So I'm guessing they they weren't allowed to fight, and they had 
last minute standing replacements, did they? Yeah, I think a couple of the fights were pulled, but it went it it went ahead quite nicely. I don't know where the social distancing come into it. They they seem to have the commentators set up around the octagon in different places at first, but then they were doing between fights, standing headshots, you know, like they usually would, three of them together yeah. in front of one camera. <laughs> So that kind of went out the wind. A lot of fist pumping, a lot of hugging between camps. I mean, everyone's been tested, I presume. So I don't think anyone had anything who was who was in attendance. But it was just nice to see to see live sports. Really, I'm standing in a very important spot, right outside the Oval Office, and you're looking at the White House behind me. And it's an honor to be here, and it's an honor to salute you. And I want to congratulate Dana White and the UFC. They're going to have a big match. We love it. We think it's important. Get the sports leagues back. Let's play. You do the social distancing and whatever else you have to do. But we need sports. We want our sports back. And congratulations to Dana White, UFC. And then we've got the Bundesliga this weekend as well. And then obviously racing in front started early this week. Yeah. And it- as though green lights for beginning of June, so what, a couple of weeks away for, for horse racing in the UK? Oh, June, so, is it, has it gone to June, has it, Pulpy? I thought they were looking at May the 15th to get going, have they pushed it back? Yeah, so it was basically following on from the government's announcements um, last Sunday, which we'll come on to, which oh, was just the most interesting, wasn't it? nonsensical <laughs> half an hour ramble I've ever witnessed in my life, to be honest with you. One thing that was, was less ambiguous was... Uh, he said, and I think this was on the Monday actually, because no one got anything from some of these uh, addresses to the nation from Boris. Like, so I think what they done on Monday, they tried to sort of clear up a few points and release like a fifty-page document, which is just pointless, really. Because let's be honest, who's going who's to go through fifty-page documents? No. And most people that it applies to probably couldn't read a fifty-page document. With all due respect, but anyway, one of the things that was made clear was that professional sports won't start in the UK. From until the first of June, okay. Which up your horse racing falls under that banner. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, although they were looking at middle of May, it's been pushed back now a couple of weeks to beginning of June. But the BHA have come out and said that's what they're uh, they're planning on doing. The first of June is a Monday, so they're going to get started. And then I think the classics, the two thousand one thousand guineas, I think are going to be not that first weekend, the second weekend. Wow. Um, we're still waiting for decision from Ascos, but that might be pushed back a couple of weeks. Well, yeah, it's uh, all systems go by the sounds of it. So right into it, like, yeah, yeah, no, no way for, no way for Dana again, like uh, at all. You know, he he went again last night, and he's got another one this weekend, hasn't he? It's just ridiculous. The UFC are just ploughing, ploughing forward, like. Oh, was there another card last? Night? Obviously, well, not obviously, but for people listening to this, we're recording on the Thursday, aren't we? Yeah. So was the UFC card on the Wednesday? There was a card last night, lad. Yeah, and I, and I, oh, okay. I caught a bit of it. I watched a bit of it. No gambling, like just having a little look and. I do think I'm maybe turning into a, a UFC head or what because of this, because of this lockdown and there's nothing else on. I'm not too sure. You, like you said, you need some sort of fix, and, mm. and, and it's only the only uh, live sport that's on at the minute, with the exception of Korean baseball, which I thought you'd be a fan of. <laughs> no, you're a, generally a baseball fan anyway. I think. So I thought you'd you'd be finding some betting angles in that, or is that what's uh, what's to come later in the episode? Is I that think it's it's a... the week you find an angle in there. Uh, Korean baseball. I, have, I haven't. I've got no. I've got no take on the uh, on the Seoul Diamonds. Like to be honest with you, Popey, un- unfortunately. But 
I'm sorry to disappoint you on that front, like, but th- I have got a better the week up my sleeve. I have got a golf and better the week up my sleeve, so we'll... Uh... Can I just ask before we get to this, is this one of yours or is this another one of your Nicky's? No, this is, this is one of mine. This is one of mine. Yeah, I have been leaning on him a bit heavily, haven't I? Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You've, you've, you've mastered the art of plagiarism, I think, yeah. <laughs> well, you know... Yeah, I've been giving him a shout out, so I suppose you haven't been passing it off as your own like. But well, we were having a yeah. gab. You, you mentioned the Bundesliga. Bu- you mentioned in the Bundesliga there, probably we, we were having a little gab about trying to get an angle on things, and I'm not too sure until you've had a look at the first weekend. You can strike anything up on the German footy, especially when you're you're not really an expert in the field, you know. No, it's a bit desperate in it, I think. Mm. Right, so everyone wants something to bet on, which is fair enough, like. But yeah, I, I think Luce there. Yeah, get a week or two out the way and then you'd have a better sort of understanding really as to where everyone's fitness levels are or the thoughts rather than just going chasing into it. Like. We were thinking cards. We were thinking maybe perming up unders on the cards because I can just see it being a bit, excuse the social distancing pun, but a bit standoff, the games, you know, I think. And I think it'll be cagey. The, the games, you know, so maybe there's an angle there. We both yeah, like you said, just like have a bit of sport back really, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I'd say so. I'd say so. You're still getting your, your fix from the last dance, lad. People were afraid of him. We were his teammates and we were afraid of him. And there was just fear. That's what I want to do to you. I just do it to you. The fear factor of, of MJ was so, so thick. Yeah, let's not get it wrong. He was an He was a jerk. He crossed the line numerous times, but as time goes on and you think back about what he was actually trying to accomplish, you're like, yeah, he was a hell of a teammate. He was pushing us all to be better because he wanted to win. And guess what? It worked. We kind of needed that, you know what I'm saying? I needed him to be the bad guy, the tough guy. Yeah, watched it yeah, again this week. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's just I'm gutted. Obviously, we've got two more episodes left, and then and then mm. that's it. Like as any good documentary does, it just sort of leaves you want more, really, doesn't it? What's your setup with it, Popey? When do you watch it? Do you do two on the bounce? Do you do one and come back to one? What have you been doing with it? Uh, I've, I've, well, I've got no routine whatsoever, especially the last few weeks since since Dylan's been uh, waking. The whole neighbourhood up through the night through this. You should hear him, lad. Honestly, when he wakes up in the night, I've never heard any like You it. might have to record it. Maybe we can slip it Thank into. You. Maybe we can slip it into next week's episode. Bit of bit of soundbite of Dylan in his room. Possibly. I'm surprised you can't hear him there in Hale Village. To be honest, <laughs> it's as if he's being attacked in his room, and, and it sounds terrible to say it. Like I was, we reached the point last night where he was screaming at our phone. I asked hope he was being attacked in his room. To be honest, but probably best edit that bit out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of uh, routine as I say just watch it as and when I can to be honest with you mate I, tr- I try and get an episode in maybe Tuesday morning and we get up with Dylan quite early yeah and then just watch another one as and when I can really it's pretty impossible watching them back to back like because I, I can't remember the last time I had two hours to myself yeah that's too much of an ask but I, I managed to cram them in and as I say I, I think it's Better to be honest with you. Yeah, um, yeah. Seven and eight. Last week. Seven and eight was serious, weren't I'm a little bit disappointed they haven't done them one at a time, week by week, and we got ten and we'd get ten weeks out of it. But I suppose maybe they didn't know how long this lockdown was was going to go on. It was exactly yeah, and it was like you said, it was a bit heavy, like a bit serious, and 
to me as sort of a casual basketball fan I didn't really know anything about how his dad died uh, and obviously the sort of the dark events surrounding it and all the gossip and he's saying what have you but one of the takes I took from it was uh, it was a bit interesting to see obviously he's talking about his dad being being executed in mm. cold blood and obviously there was a segment in, in relation to that and, and he seemed a bit upset but what was even more surprising the only thing that moved him to tears I think was later on in that episode or the following episode when um, there was a discussion about how popular he was with his fellow teammates yeah. when he was actually there sobbing with Father West to be honest with you blubbering like, I don't have to do this. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Break. Uh, so it was interesting to see that that's what sorts of drove him to see is more so than his dad, who was apparently his best mate, being executed in, in cold blood. I thought he, that was a bit strange. Like. He did seem to cry a little bit more about his teammates not being as competitive as him than he, than he did as Alfella, which I found, I did find... <laughs> did you, did you not think that was a bit strange? Like? It was. Maybe it was an a, a accumulation of it all. You know, I don't know. I mean, and we've seen... I mean, American sports, like, if it was in a script that Michael Jordan and his comeback here would win that championship on Father's Day a couple of years after his dad's mm. been shot dead you'd just say it was, yeah. you'd say it was too hammy wouldn't you you'd say it was too unbelievable if it was in a script how does it pan out so much in American sports that way it's mad isn't it it's mad that, that's what makes it so endearing to me anyway it's uh, I don't know I just thought it was a bit strange but unnerving really um, I don't know was he on a come down is that a potential angle because I, I know one of our good mates I don't think he really listens to this podcast. He's not as good of a mate as he is. He's not, not the most supportive of their friends. Uh, goes by the name of Ted Bundy. He, uh, I remember him telling me once that he was uh, sat watching the uh, the film Sea Biscuits about the horse. You know the famous yeah, American yeah, yeah, horse. Yeah, the resource, yeah, yeah. The day after Creamfields, and he was just sat there just blubbering, just in floods of tears. Like him, puts that down to an. Um, to a massive come down after Creamfields, but I think that might be more so that he's a bit of an animal lover, isn't he? He Teddy? is, but, yeah. yeah he's but got... I thought that might have been something, essentially. He's got that Tony pa- Soprano thing going on with, with the animals, hasn't he? Mm, yeah, very much so, he, yeah. He seems to care more about, you know, he sent me some interesting videos over the years on WhatsApp. He seems seems more asked about animal suffering than, than human suffering, certainly. And with a name like Ted Bundy, what would you, <laughs> what would you expect? <laughs> He'll have to start listening now anyway, won't he? Now he's had a shout out to yeah, Bundy. We'll give him a nudge. And do you know what? I can completely relate to that though. I remember being in bits at a Chris Hoy's medal ceremony in the 2012 <laughs> Olympics. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sure it was the Monday afternoon. We'd had a massive party in our old flat. And um, <laughs> I was just cleaning people's muddy footprints off the floor with me salty fucking ecstasy tears, just crying. As the, <laughs> as the flag was going off and he was getting his gold medal round his neck, I was in serious. Did you have any company at the time? No, you just over? no, just on me Todd, Maddie Gold's on, buckets on me knees, just in tears, crying.
first Olympic memory growing up, I think it was probably the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles, and it wasn't actually a performance that, that kind of stuck in my mind. It was actually seeing floods of tears. And I remember that, that just striking this, this kind of thought in my head of like, what must be going through their minds right now? Why are they so emotional? You know, what could reduce you to tears? Kind of getting my head around the fact that actually they're probably quite happy and it's not because they're sad. Um, but that was, that was, that's the one thing I remember about the Olympic Games. I think it was athletics, seeing various podium presentations and seeing grown men in tears, which, you know, ironically, that was, that was me a number of years later. But um, I think it, just, it, showed, it showed me that there was something so powerful that these, these athletes had um, been determined to achieve that when it had happened, they were just clearly overawed by it all. Just sobbing, yeah? Yeah, just a mess. Just a mess. We've been out all weekend. Yeah, horrible. So I can see exactly, yeah, I can see exactly the angle you're taking on that. I did, without getting the X Factor violins out here, lad, but I did, watching that, I was thinking about you and thinking of myself, you know, we've both lost our our alfellas before before they should have gone, lad, you know? Um, What sort of impact must that have had on him, lad, when he's he's a man at his peak? Especially with him being as close as he was to his dad, yeah. which in all seriousness, like it was evidence watching all the footage back, and mm. he was tired, wasn't he? Really, <clears throat> I think it's a measure of the man, though, really, isn't it? Uh, for him to achieve what he did after what had happened to his to his dad, to sort of win at all cost mentality, really. Yeah, but I think that's a measure of the, the man more so than anything. That's some negative to turn to a positive, like he said. You know, his alpha always said, "You've just got to take the negative, take it." to a positive that's it's quite impressive and i don't know whether i should ask you this question but would a hundred percent would a hundred percent it had nothing to do with with gambling or that like yeah we're we're safe well, with that okay you go in there are you yeah i'm gonna go there yeah yeah hundred percent i'm meant to be the conspiracy theorist eh? <laughs> well I, it's not me who's the conspiracy theorist it's it's the chicago press it's the, it's the american sports press you know they were they weren't pulling any punches were they Think about it, though, Steve. If it was anything to do with his gambling, then surely that would have been too much for him to harbour and carry for the rest of his career, even the rest of his life. And he wouldn't have gone on to have a sabbatical in baseball and then come back to uh, basketball and win another. That would have been too much for him to to bear, to to hold it. I I think if he would have known he had any sort of impact or anything to do with his, his dad passing in the way he did... That would have been too much for anyone to carry, to be honest with you. So, no, I'm, I, I can't be having that. You'd think so. Do you think so? it would oh, oh, be oh, too mad oh. that his dad would just stop off for a sleep in some, like, random lay-by? Yeah. Do you think it just... It, it seems mad, doesn't it? It does bizarre, seem like, mad. Yeah, the murder just seems very, very murky and strange, you know. For someone to try and break into a... What was he driving? A little banged-up Lexus or something, was it? You know, it's hardly like... I thought it was a decent little uh, decent ride, lad, yeah, for, for back in 93, like, not mm. having it, though. No. Maybe, maybe it hasn't aged over time. I like Alexis as well. I, I, Chris Moulter's anti-special, don't get me wrong, I do. But, mm, a bit Alan Parches, if you ask me. Do you reckon? Nah, depends. Depends how you pull it off. But I just feel... I just feel like it, it, there's, there's some murky, murky surroundings. So did, they, did, did anyone get arrested over it? I know they said they arrested two teens, but did anyone actually get... Sentence for it. Not that I know of. It didn't seem to go into details. As you say in there for him, it, you know, if that was the case and he's he's gone on to do all that with that in the back of his mind, yeah, he, he's he's got some slight sociopath tendencies, hasn't he? Let's be honest. And I wanted to get into that 
about his teammates with your Popey. Where do you stand on that? The the aggression, the borderline bullying towards his teammates. Do you, do you think that was a necessity for them to achieve as much as they did, or do you reckon they could have won all that without him being at times a bit of a tit? If you're breaking down, you want to go into the sort of the mental aspect of it. Maybe that's a question best asked for uh, for Trisha Goddard, as and when you speak to her next. Me, <laughs> I don't think I'm, I'm best qualified to answer a uh, question of that nature. But I'll uh, I'll give it a go. So what just is his overall his general relationship? Just, his, yeah, his, you know, his... you see now he was with Scott Burrell. He was constantly on him because in his mind. He needed to push him forward. Well, I picked up from episode one, really. You can tell he's not liked. But I, but I was going to say, as if he cares, but then seeing his reaction at the end of episode seven when he's crying about it, mm. clearly it matters. I don't know whether he's just a tit or he was he was just trying to get the best out of everyone through through different means. And you can't you can't question it if that was that was something he was doing and he was conscious of, of the fact he was doing it and he was doing it with a with a particular purpose. Mm. Look at what he achieved. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, well, that's it. a bit of a. It's easy for him to, to say that now, or I don't know. He might have just been a tit, and now he's obviously just looking him for for, for reasons or reasons of why he done it. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. You know, I got a little bit. I got yeah. I can see where he's coming from. It reminded me a bit of Roy Keane of Stephen Gerrard. He was very harsh on, on on their teammates by all accounts, weren't he? But then a bit of me just made me think. Look, is he just? Using someone to pick on, so he is constantly the alpha male, constantly the the top dog in in the in the dressing room. And, and by the way, he always seems to pick on the shy guys and the small fellas. Fucking hell, big Steve K. I have a lot of patience as a human being, but uh, I tend to snap at some point because I'm extremely competitive too. Just not really good enough to back it up usually. But I'm going. I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fight. He hauls off and hits me in the chest. And I just haul off and hit him right in the fucking eye. And Phil just throws me out of practice. <laughs> you don't see him mixing it with Rodman. Rodman goes on the piss, goes missing. There's, there's not two words said to him, is there? Rodman definitely chins him. You reckon he's just trying to hide his own insecurities then by picking on the weird, the weak man type of thing? Possibly. Strange, wasn't it? Strange that it's, you know... Weak man in the tribe. Steve Kaylad, you mentioned it to me. Um, I don't think you actually uh, we discussed it. Or on any of the episodes, but I know you mentioned to me about Steve Kerr. What's going on with him, lad? He looks absolutely goosed. He does. Is he, is he keeping in his office or what? He must be. He's wrecked, isn't he? He's gone. He's like me today, struggling to literally string sentences together. In fact, I look, I am sort of Liverpool's answer to Steve Kerr right now, just without the sort of the achievements and the, and the talents of, of any sort. But in terms of overall appearance, washed, jaded, a, a poor attempt of stubble, uh, terrible air they've got. Just, I am Liverpool's answer to Steve Kerr, but for all the wrong reasons, really. I feel like he, I feel like he started the Steve Kerr interviews the day after they lost the NBA finals last year, and he's just on a massive come down. He's it. Deep Do you know that's a fact, or just that, or that's just what your assumption? That's all I can explain. I reckon he's just been cracking the books. He's been in his office for days, sleeping there, not speaking to the missus. Um, either that or, or it's it's the Steph Curry injury and they filmed it while Steph Curry's gone down and they're just in bits the Warriors I don't know he looks at the end of his tether don't he in his washed out Warriors t-shirts he's a mess <laughs> why do you mean to me 
You didn't voice her on this. We didn't gab. No, we haven't gabbed about it, have we? But I did flag it. Yeah, and I didn't really see it at the time. I was thinking, I'll get a very character assassination of Steve Kerr here, like, but unfair. But I started to see it for the first time because he got quite a lot of airtime in the recent episodes. Mm. He's like, yes, couldn't yeah. believe it. No, he's struggling, lad. as well. He's got a cold sore. He's, his voice is all over the place. He's fucking, he's grey. He doesn't look well. Just on mental mental health as well, and Jordan potentially being a, a sociopath. Did you see that where it cut to him in the changing rooms during the '94 championship? Do you reckon he actually wanted Chicago to win there while he wasn't playing? Uh, I was. If it was me and I was Michael Jordan, no, I wouldn't want want him to win. Would you? Just his vibe, his body language. He looked a little bit. Hidden jubilation is a famous phrase from, from Seinfeld when George Costanza's wife dies because he doesn't... Sorry, his fiance dies from um, from licking the wedding invite. He doesn't want to marry her and she licks the wedding invite. And the doctor who, who deals with the death says he sensed hidden jubilation in Costanza. I, I feel like there was hidden jubilation there with Jordan, you know. So she was just lying there? Yeah. I wonder what happened. Uh, Oh, uh, there's a doctor. Excuse me, are you the husband? Well, not yet, uh, fiance. Yes. Well, I'm sorry. She's gone. What's that? <laughs> she expired. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, of course. So, she's dead. Yes. Huh. Let me ask you, had she been exposed to any kind of inexpensive glue? Why? We found traces of a certain toxic adhesive commonly found in very low-priced envelopes. Well, she was sending out our wedding invitations. That's probably what did it. We were expecting about 200 people. <laughs> well, thank you. Brilliant. Um, yeah, and I, I don't knock him for it, to be honest with you. No, no. And, a, and another one, was that was the 94 year, was that, that was Scotty Pippen being an arsehole, wasn't it? That's another one that didn't... Well, do you know what, lad, you've, you've, I'll credit where it's due, lad, you called it before before I did anyway. Obviously, you, were, you had a bit of a go with Scotty Pippen last week and I jumped to his defence, but uh, yeah, he just quit on the team, didn't he, Nicks? Because he wasn't getting the sort of the game winning shots and was going to uh, Tony Kukoc. That's it, just threw his toys out the pram, that's it, sat on the bench. Bit of an arsehole, like, not a great look, is it? I don't think it made it in last week. I think it ended up on the cutting floor, disappointingly. I, I could have been taking a, a bigger victory lap on calling Scotty no, Pippen a tit than, uh, than, than yeah, Anthony Pettis. No, no, it did. We did speak about it, but I don't think it made it in, into the podcast last week. But yeah, I just, Probably my child, really, wasn't it? I sensed... Yeah, you can claim it if you want, lad. Nobody's going to know, <laughs> are they? Let's be honest. But I felt like there was tiff vibes from Pippen. I felt like he had a, an undercurrent of, of diva, diva-ishness, which is... Quite mad for a number two, really, isn't it? You can't knock what, what they've achieved at the end of the day, do you know what I mean? Everyone's got to have personality flaws, aren't they? One of the most successful sporting teams of all time, like, Incredible. that particular... Yeah. 
You mentioned baseball there as well. That that reminded me a little bit of when I uh, retired from footy for a bit to focus on me wrestling division with our job, me backyard wrestling division, to be honest with you. <laughs> Manager. So is this the reason why you've got a glass knee? <laughs> yeah, one of the reasons, yeah. Glass bath. Glass everything, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I remember me manager, me Sunday league manager, being absolutely perplexed. What, you, you're giving up fussy to make wrestling videos in your garden? <laughs> you, should have, uh, you should have adopted the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin look, mate, and uh, got, a, got, got a knee brace, or two knee braces, a sequence, uh, leather jackets of some sort, obviously sleeveless. Just a pair of black bills, like. I might go. I might make that my jogging kit. You know, my knees have been a bit dodgy off jogging recently, so maybe just go full stone cold, leather waistcoat down car lane. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't. I don't think no. But um, lad, what were baseball doing now? What was Sports Illustrated doing? Trying to trying to force them out. You've got this global star coming to your sport. It's like it's like Elton turning <clears throat> up at Cooper's. And like he's, he does a bad first song and they cut him off because it's Popeye's turn next. <laughs> Fucking no, no. I don't think he's got a bad song in his locker, has he? He's got a bad performance, as we see in the other week, Popey, let's be honest. Mm, I don't know, debatable. It was, uh, it was certainly interesting, unique performance, but uh, memorable. It was interesting. Probably, <laughs> interesting. That's how you say bad, like, got everyone talking, didn't it? Frankly or wrongly. But imagine that, lad. Imagine you're playing for the Birmingham Barons and all of a sudden Michael Jordan's in the locker next to you. It's like, you mentioned Kenny Powers before. It's a bit like when Kenny Powers turned up in Mexico, that, isn't it? When's the next game, coach? Friday. See you dumb motherfuckers there. Where's the baseball card? It's worth five bucks. Take that with me. Try to pocket it. Keep my fucking eye on you. All right, don't forget. My number's 55. See you motherfuckers Friday! Okay, contratar a Kenny Powers. We got Kenny Powers up with this motherfucker now! Hey, hey, fuck you! <laughs> I transcend race. <laughs> La Flama Blanca. <laughs> <laughs> It was, an, it was an interesting career move, put it that way. But um, what else? What else did you say from from the last couple of episodes? Your boy Jerry didn't get as much much air time, I suppose, did he? Not loads. Love that picture. Love that shot of him with Kukoc. That's uh, just fantastic. Oh, brilliant! I've actually, Do you know what? Lad? Just just the, the the size of Kukoc, the disparity and height between the two of them. <laughs> Incredible. I've put it out there on Instagram like that. I'd, I'd like someone to buy me for me for me birthday that picture. Just have that pride of place. On the wall. <laughs> have, you, have you tried looking at eBay, Amazon? Is it out there, like, or what? No. You should be able to get it. Do you know what? I got tagged. I got tagged in a Instagram post on a basketball page, and it was Kevin Durant training in Kukoc's seven shirt. How good's that? Really, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop and freeze <laughs> in Tony Kukoc's <laughs> top. Bit mad, like, isn't it? Because you would have thought you had to be a bigger, bigger sort of legend of the game than, than Kukoc, like. Well, he, bar, he, maybe. He controversial KD, though, isn't he? Controversial. I reckon, I reckon, yeah. I reckon he's a, a Jerry Krause man, if I'm going to be honest. What did you make of Jerry Krause, number seven, when he was uh, when he was unveiling Kukoc in the press conference, going on about number seven, being the number on the consonant, everyone wants to wear it. Thought he might have been a closet Liverpool fan there. 
bit of a King King Kenny fan, do you think, or what? King Jerry, more like it. <laughs> he seems well. He's he, he's a clever, smart man, isn't he? Knows his sports, knows his cultures. That right down to European sports, you know. That that's how. I don't know. You know where is he now? In fact, if you he's, want one of those pictures, he's dead. I'd, uh, I'd approach Jerry director. Was he dead? He's fucking snuffed it. Yeah, that's where he is now. He's. Why, why haven't we touched on this? Yeah, Jerry snuffed it. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know the ins and outs of why. I... I think, let's be honest, he wasn't going to live a, a wholesome late life, was he? Looking at his uh, physique. Yeah, liver failure, I would have thought. Mr. Crumbs. Like, it was a bit of a yellowy tinsum, I thought, mm. watching him. Mm, Mr. Crumbs, as they called him, he did like a buffet, didn't he? Wow, I didn't know that, yeah, because I was going to say, approach him direct. Do we want to get hold of that picture? It's no. Probably desperate to do with the money, but yeah, never talk ill of the dead. So, um, yeah, I didn't realise that, but clearly you've done your... Uh, your homework on the on the worm that is Jerry Krause. Well, yeah, he's in with the worms now. Not the last last night. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what else did they take from it, lad? Them two episodes. I mean, the, the Golden's mad, isn't it? Why any why any opposition to Jordan would stoke him? Nice game, Mike from Le Bradford Smith. What was that about? But he's unbelievable. How many? That's that's all it takes, Tom. Like, uh, how many times in the talking ads through the two episodes, the recent two episodes we watched, everyone was like, "Oh boy, stoke the fire!" Or you shouldn't, you know what I mean? Say that he just doesn't need any encouragement. Doesn't he? Doesn't need an extra reason or an incentive to go out and beat you. No. And if 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 do you know what I mean, if someone's talked ill of him or or someone's had the better of him, even for a, for a quarter, let alone a game, that that's all he needs. Stoke the fire. Yeah, it doesn't even take that at times though, does it? Poor Al, was it George Carl, the Sonics coach, who <coughs> just didn't didn't speak to him in the restaurant? Now I've heard George Carl since then. I've heard him on a podcast saying that he was told they discussed it. Look, if you bump into him in Chicago, if you bump into him, you know, just don't engage him because he'll use that. So he was doing the opposite of trying to engage him and trying to rile him up by just going past them, ignoring them, and he just used that to fire to fire himself up, didn't he? But you could understand though why 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 MJ would be offended by that. <clears throat> I would be, whether mm. it was a attack boy or not. In the day he's in the restaurants and he's blanked them and he knows them and they, they've got a um, an association with, with North Carolina. With Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I think George Carl was his own undoing though, wasn't it? It was the worst use of the gloves since your mate fucking OJ, the prosecutors on that case, wasn't it, I think? That team was a good team. They won 72 game, but we was a pretty goddamn good team too. And we had beat them in the regular season. During the regular season, that 96 Seattle team had been the best team in the Western Conference. They had Gary Payton, great point guard, all defensive player. Sealed by Payton, they call him McGlove. He's such a good defender. And he had a great alley-oop partner in Sean Kemp. And they had a good coach in George Carl. Kick their ass and be proud of what you've done. Now go out there and be big. Gary Payton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was quite funny when he was playing back his uh, his interview to Jordan and he was just buzzing off from nearly really. <laughs> just pissing off. He can handle me. Like... He can handle me. And then Jay was just sitting there just laughing his head off like but obviously the split. The skills are of Jordan, lad. Oh my God! There was a clip with the Hornets. He done like a little dummy play. I think it was when he come back, and he like juggled like like a 
three-piece dummy it was and then handoff. And then he scores 55 in the garden on his fifth game back. Fuck off, Mike, you pervert. That's just ridiculous. That was, that was, <laughs> that was mad. That was mad. Although, I don't think his skill set or his, his handles, as they call it in basketball, is anything on Steph Curry's. Wolf, really? Big shout. No, I'm not, I'm not saying, obviously, you can't compare them in terms of players. MJ's the, the greatest player of all time. I get that. Everyone would say Magic Johnson's the greatest point guard of all time, but not for me. But in terms of skill set and handles, if you just put a highlight reel of the two of them next to each other, I think uh, Steph Curry's would be more impressive than uh, Michael Jordan's. Mm, possibly, possibly. Hopefully, for Steve Kerr's sake, he'll be back to, uh, back to full fitness next season. <laughs> Peter? Yeah. Hiya, it's Chris Tarrant here on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Good evening. You're joking. I don't nope. think he'd made the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, Colin has made the hot seat. Oh, right. Uh, it's good. He's on £16,000, but this question is worth £32,000 to him. OK. All right, mate, fingers crossed. The next voice here will be Collins. OK. I'll tell you the question. There are four possible answers. One of those, the right answer, is worth £32,000. All right, mate. OK, Colin, 30 seconds. Good luck. Your time starts now. Peter, which of these words means wickedness? Wickedness. Wickedness. Go on. Topography. T O P O G R I P H Y. Turbitude. T U R P I T U D E. Torpity. T O R P I D I T Y. Or Turbituan. T E R P S I C H O R E A N. What's the second one? T U R P I T U D E. I think it's that. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it's, uh, oh. it's amazing what you get down in 30 seconds. That's fantastic. What else has been, um, has been catching your eye this week, lad? What have you been watching? Anything? Not really, no. I know you were watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, weren't you? Yeah. Don't know. I, I, it's not for me. I used to love it when it was Chris Tarrant, but I don't know, just Jeremy Clarkson greats on me, to say the least. So, yeah, I, I, I completely kiboshed that. But uh, I know you were, we had a little bit of a text exchange earlier this week and there was a bit of action, wasn't there? There was a, there's a few few decent runs. Yeah. To the... I'm quite embarrassed by it, to be honest with you, lad. I, I threw the text out to, to a number of people. Yeah, there was a fella on a, a real heater. <coughs> uh, got, up to six, yeah. got up to 64 grand, all his lives intact. And I was telling everyone, uh, you went to commercial, look, this fella's flying here. No problems at all. Absolutely choked on a tennis question when he come back from the break. Give it what? to me, give it to me, go on. Do you know what the question was? I had it, Popey, I got it. If he'd have phoned me, he'd have been laughing like, yeah, it was... No, no, it. go on, sports, go It on. was in which golf, uh, sorry, golf, in which tennis slam, slam. grand slam, yeah. since 2000 has had the most different winners. So the French Open, the US Open, Wimbledon or the Australian Open. Men's or women's? Men's. Men's okay, so obviously it's not the French because no. Nadal's won be one, hasn't he? That that was Mullen. Uh, that was Mullen's answer in the WhatsApp group as well, by the way. Incredible! Wow. Okay, is he still been burning his weed into a lava and eating it in yogurts? <laughs> Sounds like with that answer, <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? Um, okay, so certainly not the French. Um, so since two thousand, not Wimbledon because Feather has been pretty dominant there. Uh, let's see. I'll be fairly confident that it's the US Open. Correct, Amundo. Same as me. Hey! hey. Yeah. Not just a pretty face, eh, lad? Not just a pretty face, exactly, yeah. So, 
very disappointed. You know what? I've been thinking after you text me about it. I've been on a pretty decent run with quizzes recently. Obviously, being in lockdown, we're finding ways to kill time and that's obviously family quizzes. And so um, I'm just absolutely dominating our family quizzes, which isn't a massive achievement. Like it's hardly university challenge, but two from two so far. So don't be fooled. Don't let the uh, the facade fool you. There's a semi-intelligent guy beneath this uh, this clown act of mine. What's the format? Is it head to head? Is it teams? How's, how's it working out? The Pope family it, quiz? No, just just yeah, head to head. Just every man for themselves. Yeah, five of us. Money, uh, money, head to head, basically. Stakes. No stakes. No, no, no. We've got my sister and, and uh, the husband. Christian and I, so I don't think they, they. I think they probably frown upon that. Louise, no, that's not something that would uh, would interest her either. To be honest with you, maybe me mum. I might uh, have a little side bet with me mum because she yeah. came second last week. So uh, yeah, I might have to. Uh, might have to enter it myself. You know, I think I'd, uh, I'd fancy me chances. I think me and you've got a bit of previous with uh, with, with with quizzes. You've got short term memory, so it wouldn't surprise me if you don't remember this, but I remember it vividly. I think me and you had a uh, bit of a head to head on fifteen to one. Is that right? Yeah, the quiz show, midweek quiz show, but in your mask. One of my favourites. One of my favourites in its old format. One of my favourites. Absolutely wiped the floor with your steak. Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't buy that. I can't remember it. I think it's, certainly. Fifteen. Honestly, I absolutely wiped the floor. I think that's quite poignant, really. So I'm sure that was the final score. But fifteen to one. <laughs> Although giving you ones a bit, bit of, bit of a stretch. Yeah, I think you were just like a rabbit in the. It sounds like it sounds like we're gonna to have to sort maybe a head to head of our own out here, maybe for stakes. Do you not think? Maybe do an online quiz, record it, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. That's fancy me chances, yeah, against anyone really. Put it through the Instagram, put it out there for people to see. Head to head, me and you. Head to head, me and you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find an app or something and, and get stuck in. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm up for that definitely. Okay, let's. You want some as well? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It'll have to be a wager. It'll have to be a wager. We'll we'll do it. We'll put it on Instagram, maybe. Maybe we can do it live. Maybe over an Instagram live. We've got at least a handful of witnesses over there. There's still not been much growth on that front. We actually got a like off um, off Mass for that. No conferring with your John, by the way. No, no. He's the uh, more intelligence of the two brothers, which is saying something. No coffin. None of that. Carry on. No coffin in the stands. <laughs> yeah. In the bleachers. Okay. But we got a like off Mass for that, which I thought was fantastic. The other day, I thought we were, maybe we were tapping into the. The UFC crowd, but uh, he, he just, I think, yeah. he, I think he automatically likes everything that he's tagged in, unfortunately. Why? Why'd you say that? Because I looked through all of a post that he'd liked, and uh, yeah, it, it doesn't look like he's being selective with with his support <laughs> for Instagram pages, unfortunately. Oh, so I filled you with a bit of false hope there. How are we getting on, Steve? Um, I'd, I'd looked the other day, we, we're up to 70 now, are yeah. we? Still, still tepid, but... Pretty stalled, yeah. yeah. At least... I feel like you've just, it's a job in itself, Pogby. I feel like you've got to be on it. Those who progress on, on the social media front, Steve, you've got to be getting content out there day in, day out. Like, and uh, I don't know, maybe we can get, maybe we can get your mate Avi involved. Maybe it's worth having a little chat with your uh, your work colleague, your wizard, the new guy on the block. I think, no, I want him to, I want him to stay focused in terms of, uh, Selling disposable package, and I don't want to sort of uh, sidetrack him with, with any of this nonsense, to be honest with you. I don't think you want to meet in the podcast, do you? More importantly than any Exactly, yeah. I think that's well, I haven't said that yet. I'm very complimentary to him, probably too complimentary, and that's, that's obviously one of the reasons why I wouldn't want him to listen to it. But you were saying, huh? Come on, 
Come on, you got them in the kitchen? You're in your shirt sleeves. You got the scots spread out. You can smell it. Come on, snap out of it. You're eating a crumb cake. Hey, well, yeah, I'm eating a crumb cake. How was it? It's from the store. Fuck off. Bruce, Harriet, what we have to do is admit to ourselves that we see that opportunity and take it, right? And that's it. Now, we just sit there, and I got my pen out. Always be closing. Oh, God, that's what I've been saying the old ways, right? Convert that motherfucker, sell him, make him sign the check. Now, they got their money in government bonds. I said to myself, fuck it, let's go all the way, huh? The whole route. I take it and plat it out. Eight units, 82 grand, and I say to them, this is now... This is that thing that you have been dreaming of. You are going to find the suitcase on the train. The man walks in the room. That bag is filled with money. Harriet, this is it. And Bruce, I don't want to fuck around with you. No, I don't. I don't want to pussyfoot around, huh? You think you got to look back on this thing? I do, too. Now, I'm here to do good for you and me, the both of us. What is the point of some interim position? The only arrangement that I will accept is full investment and i mean it that's it all eight units period i got the pen in my hand rick hey i turned that contract around that's eight units 82 grand and i said now i want you to sign yeah not much of an update on he's still in training he's still smashing it and he's he's got more t-shirts than, than anyone I've, I've ever known really which is quite impressive in itself really yeah he's, he's got a new one for every yeah. uh, for every zoom has he yeah, so basically there's a lot of, obviously, video calls and, and stuff like that as, as, as you need as a necessity, really, when training. And uh, I'd, I'd observed earlier this week that we're in week six now and he, he wore a different T-shirt every day, which I don't know whether he'd done that consciously or not. But impressive nonetheless, like, yes, that's another thing for me to feel uh, insecure and emasculated about, really. I've got quite a few T-shirts myself, but I can't keep up with the young buck. Well, it's quite the compliment from you. It was you remember you were once in that game? Remember that mag job you had where you would was that T shirt <laughs> printing or something? I've had some mad jobs, haven't I? Bloody hell. So basically I sell disposable packaging now, which is embarrassing in itself. Slightly less embarrassed embarrassing from my uh, previous job where he used to sell Ford branded T shirts. Ford is in the uh, the motor company. Yeah. Not wrong that, with that, that. that. That was never gonna get off the ground. No one no wonder it was made redundant after six months. I think, do you know what? I think you were ahead of your time there. If you look over the last couple of years, Instagram and that, it's all been about them throwback icons and, and branding, UPS, um, DHL. They've done big stuff. They've done big business then over the last couple of years. I think you were ahead of the game a bit. Well, if I couldn't shift a few T-shirts, like, then uh, no one could. Obviously, you know me, so I see the Eskimos, as they say, but... Uh, yeah, I was half tempted to get a little stall in Kirby Market or something as well and just try and flog them that way, but I just thought that would have been a bit too desperate, to be honest with you. Uh, no no desperation to it, lad. If there's a book to be made, you've got to get out there. Look at me. Last game of the season last year, we had them most You and your half fella, that was impressive. Lad. That was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your half fella found his, uh, coming to his own there, obviously being a salesman himself and... Uh, I think he outdone you there. He certainly flogged more than what you did. He did, he did. He was doing two-for-one deals and everything, wasn't he? Fantastic. He was persistent, weren't he, yeah? I remember him having a, a, a lad in a fucking a chicken holder, a headlock of some sort at one point. Wouldn't let them pass. Very invasive, but what, needs must. Whatever works. If you have to slap the Bob Backland cross-faced chicken wing on to get a, se- to get a sale, why not? <laughs> Especially coming from your dad, being a very placid man that he... Uh, 
But he was, yeah. It was uh, it was quite interesting to see. But uh, yeah, I think he uh, he certainly beat you on that front anyway. Well, we always called him Baldwin, didn't we? We always said like, look, he's a nice guy around the house. He's a nice guy in the village. But maybe when he gets in the boardroom, we get a different uh, we get a completely different character. He, he switches into a Glengarry Baldwin role. You think I'm fucking with you? I am not fucking with you. I'm here from downtown. I'm here from Mitch and Murray. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. Your name's Levine. Yeah. You call yourself a salesman, you son of a bitch? I don't gotta listen to this shit. You certainly don't, pal. Because the good news is you're fired. The bad news is you've got all you've got just one week to regain your job, starting with tonight. Starting with tonight's sit. Oh, have I got your attention now? Well, I, I used to call him the Scouts Baldwin, yeah, because he certainly <laughs> had a lot of Baldwin as well, which yeah. is certainly not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting you say that. You know, my thoughts on, on Baldwin have, have made them very clear in the past. Uh, and it was made up that you put the uh, Glen Gary, Glen Ross clip in last week. Oh, yeah. I thought you'd like that. Oh, I love the man. Well, you know, I've said in the past, obviously, you, you, this cheesy question comes up from time to time. Just sort of fantasy dinner party, you and five guests around the table. I've always told you, haven't I? I'd have Alec Baldwin opposite end of the table and then leave the other four chairs empty. <laughs> so just you and Baldwin? Just me and Bolden, yeah, brilliant. No entertainment, no, no, no background music, nothing. Just me and Bolden going head to head. Just, just, I just feed off his charisma. I think. Couple of menches cutting it off. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> John said. Ah, John said he'd have like John Lennon. He went. He went through like six of them. And his last one was Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he said before the before the meal was served, he'd just have Stone Cold stunner all of them on the table. And it'd just be him and Stone Cold. cocktail all over the gaff. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Him and Stone Cold left just to, just to dine out. <laughs> On Budweiser, of course. Yeah, just thinking a couple of scuds, yeah. Not to, not to your taste. like, But yeah, Baldwin. Do you do Baldwin's podcast, Bobby? No, I've seen a couple of impressions popping up this week, though. He's doing a few Donald Trump impressions. Like, I think he's uh, he's giving you a run for your money. I know you, you, you like the, uh, the odd... Donald Trump impression. I don't do him. I, I don't do him as much. I don't do him as much now. During the campaign, during 2016, I was doing him a lot. And I, I don't know if I told you this story. Once, like, I was, I was doing him that much, I was I was getting um, personal with me missus. We were getting intimate, shall we say. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I don't even know if this can go in, to be honest with you. But Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. At, at, this takes one, at, one. The, at the moment of climax, I... Um, I done Trump's voice accidentally. It just it just came out. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it just backtracks slightly. Obviously, the moments of climax for you. For not me, yeah, yeah, not me, messes, exactly. of course. Come on, never been able to please a lady, have you, Stephen? <laughs> Doesn't sound like no, no. <laughs> but yeah, it so was. What, what did you say exactly? Well, put it this way: she wasn't she wasn't um, pleased that night, was she? She wasn't gonna. <laughs> reach climax after she's been in the room with Don, Donald. Um, it was something along the lines of, uh, I'm going to come. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I, 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 I know specifically what it was, but I might have to cut it out. It was, there's, uh, there's going to be so much come. 
<laughs> you've got to keep it in, lad. You've got to keep it in. Wow. I know, I know. It was an absolute mood killer. How are you? Hi. Nice seeing you. Terrific. Terrific. You know Billy Bush? Hello. Hello. Nice to see you. How are you doing, Ariane? I'm doing very well, thank you. Are you ready to be a soap star? We're ready. Let's go. Make me a soap star. How about a little hug for the Donnelly? Just get off the bus. Okay, absolutely. (laughs) Melania said this was okay. Imagine what Ivanka must have to go through with with that, like, on top of her. Do you reckon she has to put a shift in from time to time, like? I don't know. I think she's got to a place where it's it's pretty much separation. Sounds like Mimi Baird at the moment, to be honest with you. I've hardly spoke to her for the last for the last week or so. So it's uh, yeah. Lucky you. Locked <laughs> lockdown beef going on there. I didn't re- I didn't really want to talk about him this week, Pope, because I know we've done a lot of Biden week in week out, and I keep saying to myself I'll, I'll avoid it, and then something else comes up. Just a quick one this time. I, I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know you don't do Twitter or that, but. There's actually a rumour going around that he's that he's dead, Joe Biden. A <laughs> vicious rumour. That he died weeks ago, that that's why you haven't seen much of him. Um, they're propping him up with, like, hologram videos. Much of him. If he died, you wouldn't have seen anything of him. Well, you're not seeing anything of him, are you? You've seen him asleep with Hillary on that clip that I think I put up. Apparently, yeah, there's a there's a deep conspiracy that he's, he's dead weeks ago. <laughs> So have you gone in again then on him to be the next president, yeah? Well, this is what I was going to say. There's absolutely no shift in the odds again. Like, there's a rumour out there that <laughs> one of the candidates, the second candidate, might be dead. And the odds haven't shifted at all. Brilliant. So I, 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 I'm guessing you've looked into this. Uh, is, does there seem to be any truth to the rumours, like, from... From the research you've done or not? What, what, what are you what are you talking? I've just got to a, I've just got to a point with it where I'm just gonna have to I've took your advice from last week. I'm just gonna ride it out, Pope. I don't know what it's gonna take to to move these odds. I, I just don't know what it's gonna take. How much details being released about his death like? Have people said the the, the cause of death like? Has just, he gone out in a bank of glory? We we don't know. There's there's not specifics on the death. They've not said whether it's COVID or what, but they reckon. Uh, those who were pushing the story are saying that he died weeks ago and the Democrats are just propping him up, pretending he's still there <laughs> while they get their they house, just, while they get their house in order. Do you know what? Dead or alive, I'd still fancy his chances against Trump in the next election. You're quite confident, aren't you? You're more confident than me, probably. You weren't. You weren't at all. I thought you thought Trump would, would hold his ground regardless. You know me, I'm a bit of a turncoat, aren't I? It doesn't take much for me to, uh, to change my opinion, like, but... He's just having an absolute disaster, and he's having a bad time for it at the minute. Like he's one PR disaster after the, after another. Mm. The fact that who's in more shit, him or our beloved Boris? What do you think? I think I feel like the Chancellor keeps bailing him out, doesn't he? With these fellow schemes and whatnot, he's having to mop up every time, isn't he? All the bog brain Boris. Mm, mm. Really bad. Yeah, really. On Sunday, I, 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 do you know I've, I've obviously. And my scepticism about him being sick and being in intensive care and what have you, saying it's all part of a bigger plan by the, uh, the governments mm. the next election time. But you know, after watching him address the nation on Sunday, I think there might be a bit more, a bit more truth to um, to what's being reported about him having corona. It's as if like it's permeated up from his chest to his brain. Mm. Well, this Coronavirus. this what was he on a ventilator? Was he Pope? Did he report that he was know, on a ventilator? Uh, that, that's what that's what reports, and I think he needs a lobotomy. To be honest with you, 
Because that, like, it's no joke. It's no joke. This coronavirus, if you get it, like, and you're that age, and you're on a ventilator for a certain amount of time, even if you're young and you go on a ventilator, it can have serious long term brain and oxygen damage, lung damage, and brain damage. And you do wonder that was a mess. Did you did you catch George Dawes, Matt Lucas's uh, impression? Really, of him? really good. Really good. Yeah. So we are saying, don't go to work. Go to work. Don't take public transport. Go to work. Don't go to work. Stay indoors. If you can work from home, go to work. Don't go to work. Go outside. Don't go outside. And uh, and then we will or won't uh, do something or other. Well, you'd have to think, though, for Labour, um, more and more constant now, the next general election, it's a bit of a penalty kick for uh, Kia. Kia. I would have thought. Obviously, it's too early to say, and they, they need to work on the policy policies massively. But I think it was Mark Davis mentioned it to me, actually couple of days ago, I was thinking a head-to-head with Boris and Kia. He wipes the floor with him, to be honest with you. What I've caught, I've only caught a, few, a, a little bit of Prime Minister's questions and he's been really impressive. I mean, he's a say, he's a, one of the highest-ranked... Well, I wanted to ask you about this. Why has he been knighted? Uh, I was assuming he's probably donated money to the NHS. I think that's all it takes nowadays, doesn't it? <laughs> Walk around his garden a bit? Probably, yeah. That was his the whole Enough nowadays. I think it. Uh, I think it was his services. I think it's what he's achieved in law at such a young age. By all accounts, speaking to uh, our mate Mull, yeah, he was okay. really high ranked for his age. So, so, and he. By the way, he's from. He's from working class. Like, don't get carried away because he's a said He's self-made. Yeah, he's good labour stock. I think his dad was a printer or something, and his mum was a nurse, I believe. So. He's uh, he's got all the credentials, lad, to maybe to maybe cross well, over. It seems like they were on the breadline, like does it? But no, I'm still... not saying that. I'm not saying that. But he was part of the young young socialist party at like sixteen, seventeen. So he, he's a, he's a lifelonger, lifelong Labour man, and maybe it's the shift a little bit central. It needs possibly after mm-hmm. after Corbyn. You know, are you tempted to have a little dabble, maybe? On st- on Kia. Well, I don't really get it. I don't really get involved in the political markets, to be honest with you. But it just it just seems quite impressive. And, and, and Boris being the absolute mess that he is, as I say, bog brain Boris, as of uh, we called him now. Uh, I just think he's. Uh, I think it could potentially be a bit a bit of a penalty kick for him come the next general election, whenever that is. He's on the ropes. Uh, we mentioned. Just talking about the NHS. Go ahead, lad. Yeah, no, no. Go on, go on. You see the paramedics TikTok video. Well, there's there's loads of them, isn't there? Loads of them doing the rounds. But the one which, which obviously um, crept into the, sort of the mainstream media. I didn't catch Outri- it. Have you seen the videos going around? Yeah. It's like some sort of African funeral where you've got like the, the four, four guys carrying the, uh, the coffin and the dancing as they're carrying the coffin. Oh, and it's what? Got the they didn't recreate that. Did they recreate that? So basically, yeah, they've, they've, they've got that, that music on in the background and the dancing with what appears to be a dead body on a stretcher because yes. it's covered, so you can't actually see it. And they're basically imitating that video. Wow. Uh, okay. Now that's a step too far, isn't it? Not for me, as I say. It's um, It was good to see, obviously, somebody having a laugh within the NHS for once because all they seem to be doing, anyone who works with the NHS, just seems to be taking people to the morgue at the minute. So, uh, I don't know, it lightened the mood for me a little bit, at least. How would you feel if it was a family member who was getting taken to the morgue with the African funeral recreation? Well, it depends, really. If it was if it was someone of a certain age, like a nan or a granddad, I'd, I'd just appreciate the fact that he'd had a good innings. So, it depends, really. But, no, it was good. In a time of 
despair and, and that we're living in at the minute. I just thought it was a, a good mood, really, just just good mood to lighten the mood a little bit. So, um, but yeah, obviously that's 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 been met with the uh, public public backlash. But yeah, not for me, as I say, a much welcome bit of light relief in the, in the current climate we're living in. Well, you should be getting you should be getting plenty more of them, lad. I seen uh, Kevin Bacon on the telly yesterday for EE offering free data for all NHS until October. So I'll be expecting more TikToks coming your way. So what's that? Kevin Bacon's said as well. And it's um, free data for all NHS workers. You've got to go if you're an if you're an EE customer, you've got to go on with your NHS number onto the website, put it in, and you'll get free data until October. I believe it is. It's okay. It's interesting. So he's pushing the uh, he's pushing more of the more of the TikToks, and maybe they can get more extreme. Maybe you could have, maybe you could have them dressed up in Jimmy Savile fancy dress kits. Maybe after last week's conversation, there. <laughs> he done a lot for the NHS, I believe, didn't he? Charity raising back in the day, and spent a lot of time in the morgue. Definitely, didn't he? <laughs> this is actually one that I wanted listeners to think about as well we were talking about sound clips there from last week and uh and matt lucas and we use seem to use a lot of commentary clips last week i think we had ad, yeah. AD lewis on we had some horse racing commentary didn't we slam bino <laughs> what a guy what a commentator you cannot beat the american racing but i wanted to know and you don't need to answer it now lad, but i wanted to bang a few ideas around with you know, over who your fantasy commentary duo would be. Any sport mixed up, who would you go for? Or could I just throw a curveball in there and go Alec Baldwin? But do you think Baldwin could do a job on American sports, on the NFL maybe? Yeah, Alec Baldwin and Bradley Walsh probably. <laughs> no. Okay, let's say they... Uh, no, let me, no I, I think probably best sticking to, to, to actual sports broadcasters and commentators. Which are the ones that jump out to you? Who off the top of your head? Yeah, I've got Romo. I've got Romo in my head, yeah. He's doing it like nobody's ever done it, Romo, predicting stuff that's going to happen. In, in a sport, in a sport like the, the NFL, which obviously he comes from being a former quarterback for the Cowboys, it's so in-depth in terms of the tactics and strategies and, and plays and playbook. Literally thousands of different plays that you could call at any one time. And he can call it before they've actually made the play, which just, to me, just seems mad. Has he got an inside guy or what it's on the ins- touchline? It's insane. He might got the, uh, is, he, is he telling the plays before before they take to the field? What is it? Because it just seems a bit, bit too mystic, Meg, for me, a bit, bit, bit too Derek Akora, oh, for him to have arcane knowledge of, of knowing what's going to be played prior to the, the ball being snapped. I'll have to send you Frank, uh, I think his name's Calisiendo, um, American impersonator, he does. I was watch, yeah. I was watching. I went down a rabbit hole with him on his Instagram the other day. He does a great Tony Romo, um, just commentating on like forklift truck accidents and like being cues over there. You know what I mean? Stuff, stuff like that. So I'll, I'll fire that over to you. Security camera footage and a guy in a vehicle headed directly for a bunch of shells. This is not going to be good. Here we go, Jim. Tony. Jim, it looks like he escaped it just in time. He's got incredible warehouse product avalanche elusiveness and dexterity. This is really big that he got out of there. You got to wonder if he's going to be back tomorrow, though, Jim. This is one of those times that you just don't know. But Romo, yeah, Romo over Madden, over John Madden, if you're going with an NFL commentator. Yeah, because I'd probably, I haven't given this any thoughts, because obviously you just asked me it now. Yeah. I'll give it a bit more thoughts, and if it, if it changes my mind, I'll let you know next, next week's app. <laughs> But I'm thinking 
feet out the traps, I'm thinking, Romo, to yeah. keep it current. Yeah. Somebody who's young and then mix it up with someone more old school. Do you know who springs to mind? Who? Peter Alice on the golf. Oh, Alice is good. Alice is good. It's a good one, you know. It is. I had Butch Armand down as my golf man, to be honest with you, as the number two. Peter Alice would be good. Your Alan does a decent Peter Alice impression, doesn't he? Oh, oh, Sandy, Sandy, Sandy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he really does. I just don't know about the dynamic between the two of them. Is that something you need to uh, you be conscious of prior to picking your, your, your pairing or not? Does it really matter? Well, Tony, Tony Romo was a terrific scratch golfer, you know. Okay, bit of common ground there, nice. Yeah, yeah, he's won some celebrity tournaments and that, I'm pretty sure. I've seen him, I've seen him hit one of the greatest recovery shots from the bar, basically. It was like the decking area of the bar on the club he was playing. It was a pro-am, it was on Skylight. I'll have to fire you that one as well, and he pings. I'm seeing that, I'm sure it's Phil Mickelson, you know, I'm sure it's not Tony Rowe. No, 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 I was watching it, I was watching it live, Popey, and he hit this shot, I recorded it on my phone, and I put it up on a on an old um, betting Instagram account we used to do. Unbelievable shot, so I think they'd get on all right, Barry Davis was jumping out for me, you know, so versatile. Olympics, footy, yeah. Wimbledon. No, yeah, needs a bit more though. He's a bit more of an edge, a bit more of a personality, I think. Sid Waddell? Sid Waddell, great shout, yeah. How about Sid Waddell's personality and enthusiasm with John Frankham's deadpan approach? It's John Frankham, my guy. It's guests. We need to try and speed up this process. Obviously, we're uh, more of a cult show at the minute, as the, uh, <laughs> as the figures would suggest. Certainly not a bestseller, so uh, it's going to be a bit more difficult to get guests on. But uh, John Frank, maybe brilliant. Imagine that. I think he's into passion projects, isn't he? Certainly into passion. Yeah, I think he's a top user, John Frank. I'd imagine passion. so. Yeah, I imagine he's had so many roles in, in stables over the years, hasn't he, Frankham? Definitely. Stable girls, yeah, hundred percent. But he's incredible. Ah, uh, Frankham. We'll have a think about it, and we'll we'll ask people as well. We'll we'll put out on the Instagram and see what see what people are saying because it'd be nice to Sid hear. Sidwell's a show, mate. Sidwell's absolutely brilliant. It's just getting the right. It's getting the right compliment for Waddell, isn't he? I think it, I think Waddell might be too much for Frankham. Really thinking about it. Yeah. So if you if you got to think of the dynamic and yeah, sort of how they bounce off each other, the two of them, he, he might be a little bit too uh, too eccentric for anyone. Really, he's more of a maverick, and he said Waddell, but something like. <laughs> You'd just be commentating on Phil Phil Taylor, who's effectively throwing a bit of metal into a cork board and uh, comparing them to like fucking Einstein and Newton and other sorts of geniuses of, of years gone by, really, just just for somebody who's effectively throwing a bit of metal and a bit of cork. Like you done something similar last week, didn't you? Compare A.D. Lewis to Michael Jordan when I was when I was listening back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite a compliment for Jordan, I think. Really, yeah, it's like you're. Uh, Slightly less successful version of uh, A.D. Lewis, some of the thoughts. You're never going to better fit spot on Get your on. box. Who's got the bottle? I'm not going to use cliche from who wants it. Your technique will give a millimetre of a stent. You use that middle, middle line. He used the two barrels. He got hard out Isaac Newton. That was an apple falling. That third dog by Taylor. James chasing him though. And whisper it again, Sid. Uh, there's a nine dollar in prospect here. Taylor hits another 180 or 177. Did a nine dollar in leg two. 
with having won the first leg. He's after it again. What a Gasco go if he gets this one. Yeah. He's on it! Again! He's on it again! He did it in leg two! Well, whoever thought I was going to say this, but what sends way? Yeah. I called one, Sid. It's your turn to possibly call a second for the first time in darting history. They're both coming down in nine dawn and style. First pop, treble 19. Double 12! Yeah. Dave Lennon, say it! Because I'm gobsmacked! I am gobsmacked! Say it then! You are present in a moment of the greatest sporting history, certainly in darts. Two non-darters and one night from Phil Taylor. Tell your grandchildren about that. That's the dart that did it for Phil Taylor, and that is historic. I want to get on, we spoke a little bit about our golf commentators there, I want to get on to your thoughts as the captain of our local golf society, Popey. Um, captain Monty. Captain Monty, of course. Um, why is that? I think it's for me body shape more so than anything, obviously Captain Monty being Colin Montgomery. Certainly not for me, uh, for me achievements or my ability on the course, I think it's more so to do with the body shape and uh, general golfing attire than anything else. The chap baps and sweaters. I think so, yeah. Dave always another one of our mates, Dave O. I was going to call him a loyal listener of the show, but I don't think he's listened to, to one episode yet, which would be quite... Uh, quite fitting for yeah. him, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. He's not going to show you much support, is he, Peter? Steam off your time. piss. Steam off your piss comes to mind, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. So he always <laughs> has a lap about uh, me, me dear old man, bless her, we call her Gangan. She used to play a bit of golf, and she's 90 now. So whenever I rock up to the golf course and uh, in a new bit of golf club, eh? They've always insinuate or ask me whether it's one of Gangan's hand-me-downs. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I miss them sort of shouts. I am missing golf. Some of the lads looking at the Society WhatsApp group look to be look to be getting out there, Popey. You tempted yourself or do you think that's just a recipe for disaster, opening the golf courses? I've been monitoring the, the lack of uh, traffic on our, uh, on our page, my conversations with the Pope Instagram page. I was quite interested to see the, uh, the most recent picture you've put up of me at uh, the fescue at, uh, at Southport looking for me ball. Yeah, in the moat. <laughs> Ral moat. <laughs> I, I, I was a bit interested in your choice of pictures there and, and the fact that you didn't decide to put the picture of me uh, in all my glory the following year when I actually won our society's Open Championship at Southport. Is that the only major you've won, is it? I've won about five, six society events, but what's a major? Do you know what I mean? Spoken like a true captain, Monty. Never won one himself, <laughs> did he? Do you know what, lad? I'm looking forward to getting back out there. Bit tough at the minute, as I say. I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm in furlough, don't forget. So I'm still working. I know you're there. I know. Having to help out with the kids, and then I'm not getting as much sleep in the night, which is a pain in the ass. So I'm looking at getting out there probably within the next two to three weeks, if I can. How about yourself? Mm -hmm. Are you uh, are you looking at uh, in the fairways anytime soon? I think the. Uh, I think amateur golf needs the uh, Spaz Club back. <laughs> yeah, that could do with being back out there, couldn't it? And entertaining some people. For the benefits of people listening, Steve, uh, all 150 of them, do you want to describe the, the Spaz Club and what it is? The Spaz Club is a rusty junior club that I got as a young kid, as maybe like a three-year-old, four-year-old. Uh, okay. You'd, you'd probably think I'd have more talent by now, playing that long, but no, unfortunately <laughs> not. Yeah, it takes pride of place in the bag. 
everyone's used it on the tour when they're in a spot of difficulty. Yeah. If they have to play a shot left-handed, if they're stuck under a tree, mm. the Spaz Club comes out. I've actually got a picture of you, I think, somewhere. Another picture of you with the Spaz Club when you were picking me up one morning before we played. So I'll uh, I'll dig that Get it up. on the page. As I say, Get it on the page. Its, name, its name is not exactly politically correct, but it, it was the Spaz Club. It's been the Spaz Club for about, what, a decade? More? I think it's a necessity that every golfer, pro or amateur, should have a spaz club in the back, in the bag. Rather, it's just the ultimate go-to club. It's got me out of all kinds of, of danger in the past. Like, so say if you're, you're stuck in the trees and you can't use a proper club because of your backswing, will interfere with the overhanging branches. Get to the spaz club, just pop it out 50, 60 yards up the fairway. And it, it's not, as you say, it, it's practical. It's not just there for comedy value, is it? it it's an absolutely it's massive... It's a good conversation piece, piece though, nonetheless. Yeah, of course it is. Like, yeah, when you pull that out, some of the older members yeah. who are playing on the opposite hole don't know what's going on, do they? don't know where to look. <laughs> you mentioned that you've been playing golf since the age of four, but you'd expect you to be better than what you are. You haven't got the most aesthetically pleasing golf swing, have you? I'm not too sure, you know. I'm a, I'm a flair player. It was quite ironic, me showing you in the rough, wasn't it? That's that's my bread and butter, isn't it? I love playing out the trees. I think I once said to you, I was really not enjoying a game of golf where I was hitting every fairway straight down the middle. It's not what I'm about. The scout savvy, yeah. The scout savvy. I like to do flop shots from behind oak trees and whatnot. It's what I'm all about. That's your bag, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I'll give you that. <clears throat> but yeah, coming back, I, I I just don't know, Popey. I don't know. Let's be honest, lad. Allerton is the busiest course in Europe at the best of times. Everyone yeah, fail. You just get stuck behind an eight ball from Garston, don't you? Just drinking warm cans of fuzzies out the bag. Exactly, exactly. Do you really want to be... Do you really want to be behind, a, as you say, a Garston eight ball or on, waiting round on seas in the current climate? Like, what's your, what's your thoughts on... On a busy golf course during this, during the pandemic, you know, I'm still here with a vulnerable person. I don't know how I can get out there, really. I'm not too sure. Yeah, no, I think I think if you're gonna practice social distance, and a golf course would be the easiest place to practice it. With the thoughts, providing that the clubs are responsible enough to, to stagger the tee times and what have you, mm. and then obviously the playing are conscious of to keep the distance type of thing. But I was laughing at your your Ross's text earlier today. Obviously, we've got a society WhatsApp group. What did he say? Just bunk on, no one can come near you. It's true, like, isn't it? Who's going to put their hands on you and throw you off? It's it, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's not something that would uh, deter me. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm still looking at getting out there. It's just <clears throat> not a great time at the minute with everything going on. But no. be out there in the next next few weeks and uh, expect to see the, uh, the Spaz Club gracing a fairway near me sometime in 2021 maybe hopefully hopefully and the pros are back the pros are back it's Tiger and uh, Tiger and Mickelson next week Jesus Christ I, I can't imagine there's a massive appetite for that after after last year lad <clears throat> such a terrible game well, the match. Yeah, you'd expect a bit more banter from the two of them wouldn't you really well it wasn't that anything was it it wasn't it wasn't serious enough it, there wasn't the quality there and there wasn't the Colloquialism. There wasn't the the, the piss taking or the or the banter, for use of a better word, and to pick that up, they've drafted in Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Ah, they're hardly type A personalities, are they? Yeah, there's not not much not much spark from from those lads, is there? Wouldn't have thought so. No, you should have got Rodman in there. Rodman and Rodman and Jordan. Simple as. Yeah, great shouts. Great shouts. 
while it's while it's relevant at the minute, with obviously the documentary being aired on Netflix, that would have been a great show. I'm only guessing they've signed off on Brady and Manning a good few months in advance. I think but so. Last-minute substitution, get Rodman and Jordan in there. Imagine Rodman and Jordan, now David Woods and Mickelson, lad. Imagine the wages going on, imagine the bets. Oh, do, you, do you know what, lad? Mickelson's meant to be an absolute character as well, you know. Oh, he, he is? show it. Their skins match like. Nah, it was terrible. But there was ten million on the table for keeps. Maybe with this being charity, maybe we'll get a little bit more. Peyton Manning, he hits me as boring. The Colts kicker told one yeah. of the, told one of the best stories about him. Like, did you did you ever hear that? He was playing on Levitard, yeah, I did, yeah. Where he was playing roulette the night before the Super Bowl, I believe he it was. He's looking good, which is a shirt number or something. Yeah, wow. I've, seen, I've heard him. That was something that I think he was impressed by. So I got a chance to travel around with Peyton a little bit, party with him a couple of times, have some beers with him. I think the best story is the one that I've told a couple of times where in a casino, French Lick, Indiana, he walks past me by while I'm at a roulette table, slaps me on the, the right ass cheek, all right, gives me a gun and a wink and says, I'll see you tomorrow morning, and then says, how about that red 18, right, with a walk-off. And I'm like, well, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, just slapped my ass here and his little small town in Indiana, and then he told me to go on Red 18. By that point, I had already had chips around. I was like, number one, that's the number I wear. That's definitely going to hit. Standard roulette operation. I hold Adam Vinatieri's balls. Let's put that on number four. That's definitely going to hit. Maybe the 33 number, just because it looks good. So I had to pick up everybody else's chips and move my chips out from underneath them, right? I had to do that whole thing. I put all of my chips on the Red 18. This is a true story. Everybody else at the table looks at me after Peyton leaves, because obviously Peyton's a god everywhere, but in Indiana, it's next level. They look at me, they go, uh, we should probably do that too. Huh? And I'm like, absolutely. Every single chip on the table was like 1.30, maybe 2 a.m. at this casino was on Red 18. It looked like the Leaning Tower of Peace. It looked like the, the Washington Monument. And obviously, Red 18 hits. I tell him the next morning, I'm like, yo, did you know that when you hit the gun in the wink on me and said Red 18, everybody bet on Red 18 and then Red 18 hit? He looked me dead in my eyes and just said, yep. And, I, and then I was just like, holy, why, this dude is next level. And from that point forward, I was like, if this dude tells me to jump, I'm going to jump. And now you know why I allegedly ended up in the canal that night on October 20th, 2010. I mean, that's just, that's my life in a nutshell. I think this could bring us to uh, Better the Week, lad, which is golf. Have you got any, can I throw it over to you first? Have you, I have not heard any whispers or murmurs of you having a Better the Week this week. Have you, you jacked it in? Yeah, I'll just respectfully decline this week, if that's all right. Yeah, it, it, basically the reason for me not, not not putting up a bet this week was two of our good friends and two loyal listeners of the show, Mark Davis and Jimmy Lee. I'll tell you what, Mark's had a few shout-outs this he week. Has, yeah, he's, I think he's had three in this episode. Yeah, he'd be loving it. So anyway, I was having a gab with them at the weekend. Um, we were chatting about the, uh, the podcast. And they both come to the conclusion that the podcast, in their words at least was the worst sports betting podcast, both best non-sports betting podcast out there. So we're not really doing what we say on the tin. It's not really... I mean, come on, it's it's sports start to finish, surely, mostly. But it's, so basically by saying that, they're saying they prefer all the small talk and the stories in between. Okay. So I think and the compliments in there somewhere. So worst sports betting podcast, both best non-sports betting podcast out there which is a, a, compl- a compliment to backhanded one, albeit I'm going to pay homage to those two characters and uh, veto my uh, my sports 
best of the week. So I'll, uh, I'll pass over to you, my friend. We'll take any compliments at the moment, lad, won't we? Anything, whether it's bad, good. Uh, yeah, I think so. Any yeah. sort so of interaction. Compliments in there somewhere. But I thought that was uh, a, fair, a fair comments and. Um, yeah, so so as I say, paying homage to those two characters, I'll uh, I'll, I'll bypass mine this week and kindly uh, hand over the reins to yourself. Well, it's nice. Nicky's cooking this week. <laughs> it's nice that that they're enjoying certain elements of it. I, I'm scratching my head at what what the Spanish downloads are uh, are getting from it. Really, we, I know we spoke about Belgium, but we've apparently got about sixty odd downloads in Spain. You know, can you explain that? Oh, really? The lids in Marbella, think- maybe. Yeah. No. Without, without mentioning names, though, I think you've got a few mates in Spain, haven't you? So maybe that might be why. Possibly. A couple of Marbella lids, maybe. I know I've got a mate, Charlie, who's out there with his missus at the moment. His, his, uh, his lady is Spanish. But I don't think he'll have listened to us 60, 60 times unless he's he's having a bit of a, a breakdown in the sun, maybe. Unless he's got a kid like Dylan, do you mean? Possibly. Possibly, yeah. He's... Are we getting on, Steve? What, so what's after... What's the current counts I in terms been, of listeners? I haven't been looking. Have we had about 15, 1,600, something like that? I think we're up to now. So, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Not too bad. Not, not too bad, I wouldn't have thought. It's, uh, yeah, not, not far off 2,000, but... Uh, As you say, cult yeah, classic. Cult think, classic. Uh, get, get some unharmed the figures, like... No, and I think keeping the better of the week a little bit shorter will probably help. So let's get on to that. I am going this week, the charity... There's a charity golf match, a skins match, um, driving relief for coronavirus in Florida at Seminole. I don't know Seminole Golf Course. I've heard people talking about it a lot this week. It's apparently never been televised. A game's never been televised there. It's this classic course that's dead hard to get a membership at, apparently. But it's it's Ricky Fowler and Matthew Wolfe taking on Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson. And I'm going with the underdogs, lad. I am going to take Fowler and Wolf at seven to four to to win the match. So it's the format is they all play their own ball, and whoever's got the best score out of the partnership, that's the score for the whole. They start they start with a a bank of five hundred thousand. I think the first six holes are worth fifty thousand each. Then it's a hundred thousand, and then I think the last couple are like hundred and fifty, two hundred grand. They they go up as the as the round goes on, basically, and it's whoever f- finishes with the m- biggest pot, they get to take their money for their their chosen charity. Wow, you're really giving our, our listeners a lot of value, aren't you? The last two weeks, so it was an eight to eleven pick this week. Last week, sorry, seven to four pick this week. So what's that combined? I want to even money. No, 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 seven to four, not four to seven. Not four to seven. So eight to eleven and seven to four would give you. Yeah, it wouldn't be far off three to one, would it? So if so, okay. so if you've made someone, it's not. But but you know, Rome wasn't built in the day, Popey. If you had Pettis last week, roll your winnings onto Fowler Wolf this week. I would suggest. I know that might sound mad because obviously Rory McIlroy's number one player in the world. Dustin Johnson's been in and out of the top spot, and I wouldn't make it Abbott of backing charity golf matches like to make your uh, to make your wage, but. Just sounds like they have just put up a, a, a selection in a fancy golf match. Well, needs must, needs must at the moment, and I, I do think there's a good angle here. I think there's value. I think with the lack of playing, the lack of playing over the last few weeks, competitively or, or months, even now it is. I think that that levels the playing field a bit. I heard Rory McIlroy talking on a podcast this week saying that the greens are as he's as played Seminole uh, earlier this week. I think it was yesterday or the day before. 
And he said it's it's the hardest greens he's ever played on. Couldn't get a grip of them at all. So it was like Augusta Sunday. Um, very, very difficult, yeah, because they've not been being played on, apparently. Super fast. Now, Ricky Fowler was the top putter last year on the PGA Tour, so you think he might have the edge there. His partner, Matthew Wolf, it was only a rookie last year, but he was great. Never heard of him. Oh, he's good. Oh, he's good, lad. I think the fancy... I think we hear it every year or two years or so, don't we, that he's the next Tiger Woods, but he was a real college star, and he... Jeez. He won his first tournament the month after turning pro. Shot a six under on the st- on the Sunday. I think they might just have the beating of them here. Apparently, bombs are not the answer at Seminole. It's not about long drivers. So Dustin and Rory's length off the tee might not come into it as much as it usually would. I, I, and I just think, I think they should be about about five to four, maybe, maybe even money. I think it should be a bit of a pick on this. They've played Rick, together. Can you watch that? Is that, is that televi- televised over the weekend? I'm a, it's PGA. So if you've got a black box, for those listening, you've got a black box or a chip box, you sound. Yes, Otherwise, if you've got BT or a Sky subscription. I think it's I think it's Sky, lad. It's Sunday. Sunday afternoon, and I think it's I think it's going to be Sky Sports. It's a PGA event. They're behind it. Um, and I think get behind, get behind Fowler and, and the Wolf. Seven to okay, four. Seven to four with Beth Victor. As short, I think it is. They are as short as five to four in other places. So yeah, Fowler on the Wolf seven to four on Sunday's charity skins match. Go on, the lads. Very good. Okay, something with a bigger price next week would be uh, appreciated by all. I think, but yeah, okay. we put a selection up nonetheless, which is uh, more than what I've done this week. So I'll keep. I'll keep that in mind. Keep in mind your fantasy commentators, you Popey and the listeners. I want to hear some suggestions next week. I want to see a pair of a fantasy pairing next week. I think I think I made a pretty pretty solid start there, like pulling Peter Alice out the bag. But Alice is a yeah, we'll go see what I can uh, come up with. But yeah, I'm going to go for a, a lie down now. I think. Oh, a little tiddler. Okay, Poppy, I'll let you go. <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy, lad. I'll catch you through the week. All right, mate. See you in a bit. Ta-da, lad. Ta-da. Let's say he pushed the line a little bit. He occasionally might just step over it. Could well have needed Carol Vorderman to have his call card come up for that last few holes. Carol Vorderman. Anyone that writes comedy, performs comedy, knows that the timing and the delivery and the setup is everything. So he has that too. I like her. I was watching her the other day and I got aroused. Not bad, seven letters for someone who left school in the 15. (laughs) 